Christmas from the Prankers. Malikalikimaka, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from the Tagooning family. We're John and Rosemary Spate and my mom, Doc Collier. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Christchurch. This is Becky Cardenas from Mexico City. Jumbo Christ Church family, this is David. And this is Mary Lynn. From Nairobi, Kenya, wishing you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Queen in a Christmas in Jema. Namwakampia. Bye. Merry Christmas from the Spade Adderholt family. Merry Christmas from the Hayes family. And Dylan. Merry Christmas from the Kaberski family. Hey everyone, this is Pastor HK. Just want to wish you guys all Merry Christmas. Hi, we're the James family. Merry Christmas from Knoxville, Tennessee. Merry Christmas from the Compricos family. We hope you have a happy and healthy 2022. We wish you a Merry Christmas from Mexico to Virginia. Merry Christmas from the Schlechty family. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's going down. <laughs> we don't need no stinking rules. Yeah, I'm ready. Right. I've been waiting all day for this. Darn hard. Chestnuts roasting on the open fire. I don't know, open fire. <laughs> Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I'm gonna guess Luther Vandross. Tomlin.
Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Blue Christmas oh, by Elvis. Gosh. Oh, oh my gosh, that was good. You are fast. Yes. Well, now you have to guess. Blue Christmas, Elvis Presley. What Christmas? Blue Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Christmas. Elvis Presley. <laughs> He's the only one I know. Yeah. All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. Yes! Yes! Two points. That's the cutoff. There we go. We got it. That's it. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you! <laughs> Paul McCartney. And it is. Oh, yeah. That's it. Titles, either all that or a wonderful Christmas, or simply having a wonderful Christmas. Oh man, good for you, yeah. I know the melody, I don't know the name of the song. Sounds like Beatles, like Paul McCartney type. <laughs> simply having a wonderful Christmas time. That is correct, by who? Paul McCartney? That is also correct. Yes! The feelings here. I, that only comes I can't guess. This time of year, simply have wonderful Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most Wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Most wonderful time of the year. Bing Crosby. Oh. It's the most wonderful time. Good job. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. With the kids I'll shake your hand. <laughs> Go kids. <laughs> now the fourth time they've made me watch that defeat. <laughs> One more. It's not as bad as my first year. <laughs> you did pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Had an easy one there. Well, welcome to Christchurch. Great to have you here. Merry Christmas. We are so glad to have you worship with us, whether you're here in person or wherever you're worshiping with us. We want to connect with you, and we want to help you connect deeper in your relationship with Christ and his church. And so we'll ask you to fill out a connection card. If you're here in person, just grab one of these laminated cards from the seat in front of you. Hold your phone over this QR code with the camera app open, and you'll find a link. Just hit that link. If you're at home, there'll be a link in the uh, notes. What do we call that? Window? Notes? Uh, well, the, yeah, the link at the top of the page, the connection card. 
the connection card link at the top of the page. Just hit that. That'll take you to our connection card. On that, let us know how we can be praying for you. Let us know how we can help connect you uh, deeper to Christ and His church in the new year. We'd love to do that. At this time, if you are joining us from home, we want to invite you to take out a candle or a flashlight and set that aside near you. If you're here in person, um, you probably already received a candle on your way in. If you didn't, um, there are some bins by the doors. You can receive a candle there. We call this our candlelight and communion service. We're going to be sharing communion after the message in a few minutes. If you're here in person, I hope you received a little communion cup prepackaged, COVID safe on your way in. If you're at home worshiping with us, I encourage you right now to take uh, a little cup of grape juice or wine and a cracker or a, a piece of matzah or a piece of bread and just set that aside and be ready. We would love to have you commune with us and with Christ as we do that together as a church. Part of our unique DNA here at Christ Church is that uh, we're a church that serves our community, and we do so in a specific way during this time of the year through our Christmas mission offering. 100% of what you give, every single solitary penny, goes towards helping people locally, regionally, and globally. And one of the, just some examples of what your uh, Christmas offering will go towards this year is locally, uh, we partner with uh, Rising Hope Mission Church and Lorton Community Action Center to serve the disadvantaged that live along the Route 1 corridor. We also are sponsoring a family from Afghanistan. They had actually fled from the Taliban only about two hours uh, leeway. They escaped from the Taliban from Afghanistan by the skin of their teeth, but they had to leave everything behind and they even lost their luggage on their way over here. And so we've come alongside this family. It's a family of 10, I believe. And, right. and uh, we, are, we are committing to set a solid foundation for them um, here in the United States. Here's a really neat thing. Six of them were at our five o'clock service today. Yeah. And it was great to worship with them as we worship Christ. And it's been great to worship with you as we worship uh, our incarnate King, Jesus Christ. Let's stand together as we worship. Merry Christmas, everybody. What a joy it is to be in worship with you. Whether you're here in the house with us or online with us, welcome. Let's lift up the name of Jesus, celebrating his birth. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Oh 
Watching their flocks one night, an angel came down and they shook and cried. He said, Do not fear for good news, I bring up a great joy for all of a newborn king. He said, Unto you is born this day in the city. Which they bring 
Church, you may be seated tonight. In the beginning was the one who was called the Word. The Word was with God and was truly God. From the very beginning, the Word was with God. And with this Word, God created all things. Sin él, nada de lo creado llegó a existir. Everything that was created received its life from him. Y la vida era la luz de la humanidad. The light keeps shining in the dark, and darkness has never put it out. God sent a man named John to tell us about the light. And to lead all people to have faith. John was not that light. He came only to tell about the light. El que era la luz ya estaba en el mundo. Vino a lo que era suyo, pero los suyos no lo reconocieron. Though God had made the world with his word. He came into his own world, but his own nation did not welcome him. Yet some people accepted him and put their faith in him. So he gave them the right to be the children of God. They were not God's children by nature or because of any human desires. God himself was the one who made them his children. The word became a human being and lived here with us. We saw his true glory 
the glory of the only Son of the Father. From him all the kindness and all the truth of God have come down to us. Those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world, that this light comes down into our earth and no darkness can comprehend it. But Jesus invites you and me to be his light as well. He told his disciples that you are the light of the world, that nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand so everyone in the house can see. This evening we invite you to receive that light and to go to shine that light. So I'm going to invite those who will share the light to come, and they'll bring the light to each of the aisles. As they do, take your unlit candle and hold it over the lit candle and pass it down the aisle as it goes. God calls us to shine, to shine in the darkness for Christ. Let's shine as we sing together.
You know, it's a funny thing about light. It takes so little to overcome darkness. You can be in the darkest room anywhere and one match, one flame pierces that darkness. Darkness never stands a chance where there's light. In fact, light always wins. Light always wins over darkness. It's always the case. Just think about it. The smallest little bit of light will always penetrate darkness. Light always wins. Let's say that together. Light always wins. It does. And in a very symbolic way, that's exactly what Jesus has come to do. One of the reasons we're celebrating Christmas is that light has come into the world to penetrate, penetrate the darkness of our world, to penetrate even the dark, lonely places of our lives. And just a little bit of light will do something that, will give you something that you cannot find, you cannot, you don't earn it, you don't deserve it, you can't buy it. And that which light gives is hope. Where there is hope, there is light. Where there is light, there is hope. And that's the promise of our Savior. He gives us the promise and the hope for eternal life. Let's extinguish our candle. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas 2021. All right, it's Christmas Eve. It's what time is it? About 9.25. Have you finished your Christmas shopping? <laughs> no, it's too late. Whoever said that? It is too late now. It's too late now. You know, some of you probably have the tradition where you're going to be exchanging gifts this evening. Maybe some of you have already done it. Uh, others of you may be exchanging gifts this evening, and uh, if you're like the Spate family, we wait until uh, Christmas morning to exchange our gifts with one another, but we're going to be exchanging gifts just like you'll be exchanging gifts. So in a somewhat feeble, albeit a, a last-minute attempt to encourage a little bit of peace on earth, and actually the survival of our species, uh, I, I'm going to give you some, some simple yet profound advice to my fellow males about what not to give your wife or girlfriend at Christmas, okay? It may be too late, but if you've not exchanged those gifts yet, you may want to think about it. Now, I know that what I'm about to say doesn't fit to everybody. It's a broad brush kind of thing, but there are enough people that this fits that I just want to give this simple yet profound advice out. Number one, 
give her nothing that has to do with weight loss. All right? That's number one. You don't give anything that has to do with weight loss. It includes gym memberships, you know, or exercise equipment. That Peloton looks great on TV, but if it arrives at your house, don't put her name on it. That's for sure. Nothing like that. Okay, here's number two. Don't give anything that plugs in. If it plugs in, she's probably not going to want it. That includes all small appliances and all tools. We guys, many guys, can talk for 30 minutes nonstop about the specifications of our cordless drills, you know, but I've never yet been around any group of women that have been talking about the suction power of their vacuum cleaners. It just doesn't happen that way. Okay, that's for the guys. Here's for the women. For goodness sakes, just tell us what you want. <laughs> just tell us what you want. We are lousy mind readers. And by the way, our X chromosome, I mean our Y chromosome, uh, makes us hard of hearing. Makes us hard of hearing. So we, we just don't know unless you tell us. Okay, so there it is. Public service announcement. Welcome to another COVID Christmas. Here we are again. I certainly had hoped that COVID would be in the history books by the time we got here to Christmas Eve 2021, but here we are. You know, one day, if I'm ever blessed with grandchildren, I'm, I'm going to sit down and, and put little John on one knee and little Jonna on the other knee, and I'm going to tell them the story about how the world shut down for two solid years have been shut down. You know, I tell you all of that to say, you know, m most of us mark significant portions of our lives based on some common events that we all share. Common events that we all share. So, give you an example. If you're old enough, I bet you know exactly where you were on September the 11th, 2001. You know where you were, you know what you were doing, you know when you first heard it, exactly what was going on in your life. You know, if you are old enough, you know exactly where you were when the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded. You know where you were during that time. You know, it was, it was big news back in World War II when the, uh, when the Allies stepped foot into France, into Normandy, France, to begin taking over Europe. It was big news when the Berlin Wall finally came down. It was big news when Neil Armstrong first stepped foot on the moon. But I want to tell you, I think it was bigger news the day that God stepped foot on earth. That changed everything. Everything changed when God stepped foot on earth. He came, and here's the amazing thing, he, did, he didn't send a representative, he came in person. God came in person. And so you may be thinking, okay, yeah, I, I hear you, Pastor, you say that kind of thing every year. So what's the big deal about Christmas? What's so special, really, about Christmas? Well, that's what I'm going to talk to you today about. What is so special about Christmas? I'm going to talk to you about why it's important, that is the relevance of Christmas, right? The relevance of Christmas. Why is Christmas important? Here's what we're going to talk about. And then... Why in the world did God show up here in person to begin with? 
That's the reason for Christmas. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to end it all together with, so what? What difference does it make to me? And that is all about the result of Christmas. We're going to jump right into it tonight. Here's what I'm going to ask, I'm going to, what I'm going to tell you. First of all, I'm going to talk to you about the relevance of Christmas. I can sum it all up in this phrase right here. Here's the relevance of Christmas. God came to us, how? Say it, in person. There it is. That's the relevance of Christmas, that God came to us in person, in person. In fact, Bible says that he became, that is he, that is God, became like a human being. How did he do that? In Jesus. So God became like a human being and appeared in human likeness. In other words, God came to us in person. You know, if I think, as I was thinking about this this week, I think if I were God and I was going to come in person, I think I would have done it differently than he did. I would have done it differently than the way God did. I think I would have wanted to come with a little more pizzazz, you know, a little more flash, a little bit more spectacular way than he came in person. As I was thinking about it, wouldn't it have been the best time to come during halftime in the Super Bowl? I mean, that's the time to show up. You want to get people's attention, you do it during halftime of the Super Bowl or maybe even when the World Cup is being played and everybody around the world is watching that and then you throw in a few fireworks and some thunder and some lightning. Yeah, I think that's probably the way I'd have done it, but wouldn't you know, God had another idea. He did it a whole lot differently. He decided to come in the world just like everybody else. That is... He was born into it, just like you were and like I was. I'm sure it even shocked the angels that God, the creator of the universe, would limit himself and humble himself in such a way that he would come uh, uh, the way everybody else comes into the world, by being born into it. And besides that, just think about this. He was born to nobody parents in a little hick town named Nazareth that nobody had ever heard of. You talk about unthinkable, that was unthinkable. God's entire salvation plan for the world was wrapped up in that little fragile baby. And that little fragile baby was God's entire salvation plan for the world. Why in the world would he come as a baby? Well, I got an answer to that, and I think I'm 100% right on this, and that's for this reason. You see, he came to a, as a baby because he didn't come to scare you. He came to save you. He didn't come to scare you. He came to save you. Now, you think about it. Oh, my goodness. He could have come in ways that would have freaked us out, scared us to death, and made us run in terror. But he didn't do that. He decided to come to earth in a way that we could relate to him. And you know why we could relate to him, right? Because we've all been there. We were all born. I think, mo I think all of you were born. Weren't you born? You were probably born. I was born. I assume everybody within this room was born. We've all been there. It's the way he decided to come in order that he could relate to us and we could relate to him. You know, he was born like we were. He grew up just like 
we grew up, you know, and I don't want to blow your stereotype of what Jesus looked like, but he didn't walk around in spotless white robes with a halo on his head and a, and a glow on his face. I mean, that's the way the movies show him, but that's not the way he showed up. You know, this was, this was, a, this was a guy who looked like a normal guy. This was, the, this was the carpenter's son, and he grew up to be a carpenter. You know, he was just an average guy. That's the way he was. And what I mean by that is he was tempted just like you're tempted. He had the same problems you have. He had the same desires, the same struggles, the same everything that you've got, the same drives, the same temptations. There were times when he was lonely. There were times when he was depressed. There were times when he was flat out dog tired. But you know, as I think about it, all of that's really good news. And the reason it's good news is because that's just like, that's like we are. There are some times when you're exhausted, when you're depressed, or when you're just simply lonely. Yeah, you know, he did that to say to you, just whatever you're feeling, I've been there. I know what it's like to be tired. I know what it's like to have these temptations. I know what it's like to have these problems. I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to be lonely. I've been there. I've been there because I've been human and I walk this earth just like you. And you know, the unfortunate situation in today's time and place anyway is Christmas is not a happy time for a lot of people. I know people even today who are, who are genuinely grieving because their loved one is not here this year. I know that some people are, are just tired just, and depressed thinking, I, I thought it was going to be different by the time I got to Christmas 2021. I feel this. I feel just as as as, uh, as messed up as I did in 2020. Here we are in another COVID year. I thought it was going to be different, or I thought, you know, by the time I got to Christmas 2021, I'd be married by now. But I'm not. Or I thought by the time I got to Christmas 2021 that my marriage would be different. Or I, would, I wouldn't have so many problems. He knows exactly how you feel. Because if you feel like that, he, he's got you. He knows what it's like to, to, to feel that way. He made you. He was human himself. And what we and millions, actually billions, of other people this, celebrate this weekend is not some run-of-the-mill average person, but this was God who has come to earth in human form. So you say, Pastor, what's, what's really the big deal about Christmas? Well, it's because God showed up. We have an up-close personal God, not some God who gave the world big spin and said, see you later sometime, but a God 
who wants to be up close and personal with you. This is a God who came to earth, a God who did so, and the day that he, had, uh, the day that he showed up ended up splitting history into two, B.C. and A.D. And you may think, you know, I don't know about that. Well, you know, you may not think that's important, but every single time you write the date, you're referring to something. December 24th, 2,021 years from what? From the birth of this kid we're talking about. Every single solitary time you write a date, you're pointing to Christmas. That's the relevance of Christmas, why it's important. But let me, let me give you the let me give you the reason for Christmas. And the reason is right here, is that he came for you. You know, I, I may get some flack about that, but that's what he did. He came for you. And the reason why he came for you is because you needed him. And it's just true. It's the way it is. Why did he come in person? I'll tell you why you needed him. Because he came in person to show you what God is really like. That's why it came, to show you what God is really like. You know, there's some things that you can do when you go out into nature. You can stand on a mountain. You can stand with your uh, toes in the sand on the seashore. And you can tell some things about God simply by being outside, by being in nature. You can, by being in nature, you can know that God is creative. You know, he's got all this beautiful diversity that he's created in the world, from the beautiful mountains and valleys to the, to the sands and the, what looks like an infinite space of ocean out before you. And if you really pay attention, you can just look around and see the amazing diversity and variety of people that God's created. And every one of us, he's done it in his own image. But you know what? There's a lot of things that, that only by knowing Christ can you actually know about God, about what God is really like. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you. Is that only through Jesus can you know that God's loving. You know, you'll never be able to tell that through nature. You can stand on a mountain and don't know that God loves you beyond your wildest dreams and your fondest imagination. Only Jesus tells us that. You know, you, nature will not tell you that God is forgiving, that he will forgive everything and has forgiven everything you've ever done wrong. Only Jesus can tell you that. You see, nature can't tell you that God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. You see, nature can't do that. Nature can never tell you that you're not an accident. But that's what Jesus came come to do. He's the one who tells us what God is really like. And then, what's the other reason God came? Well, he came, to, he came in person to show us what life should be like. To show us what our life should be like. What am I talking about? 
Well, you know, in my uh, 30 years of, uh, nearly 30 years of ministry, I can tell you about from being the pastor of this church for the last 30 years, I know that a lot of people in Northern Virginia really simply exist. But they're never really living. I have found that to be absolutely true. There are a lot of people who just simply exist. They get up in the morning, they go to work, or they go to school, they come home, watch a little TV, and go to bed, and do that for 60, 70, 80 years. But they never really experience the life that God has give, come to give them. In fact, one of the Jesus' best sayings was in John 10, 10, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, says, I have come to give life, life in all what? Its fullness. Yeah, life in all its fullness. But why are so many people simply existing and failing to live? You know, I'll tell you this, folks. Jesus didn't say, I have come to give you religion. He didn't say he'd come to give you religion. He didn't come to make you religious. You know what he came to do is to offer you a relationship. Jesus came to offer you a relationship with his heavenly father. You know, for me, I don't, I, I, I'm not here to offer you a religion. I'm not here to offer you a, uh, to be religious. I'm here to introduce you to the most amazing relationship you could ever have with the creator of the world, the very one who breathed life into your nostrils. And to get you out of simply existing and to allow you to experience what really it, what it really means to live. And here's the third reason that he came for Christmas is that he came to forgive everything you've ever done wrong. I, have, I, I mentioned that a moment ago, but it's so important. I wanted to put it up here. You know, to, to, I want you to get this. He has come to forgive everything you've ever done wrong. Let me tell you, I want that deal. That's the deal I want. Because I've done plenty wrong. And I need that forgiveness that I can only find, you know, in, in Jesus. In fact, it's, such quite, it's quite a deal. And in fact, we find in the gospel, excuse me, in 1 John 3, 5, he says, He, that is God, became a man, that is in Jesus, so that he could do what? Take away our sins. There it is. It, oh, it used to be up on the screen. It was right there. He came to do what? Let's see if it'll come back up on that screen. He came to do what? Oh, there it is. To forgive everything you've ever done wrong. You know, Jesus came to earth to die for the things we have done wrong so you and I don't have to pay for them. We get to go away scot-free. You know what that's called, right? It's called grace. It's getting what you don't deserve. It's getting what you don't deserve. And what we don't deserve is to be forgiven. And this promise of eternal life, what a deal that is. And here's the thing, though. It costs 
our Lord, quite a bit, a whole lot, to offer eternal life to you, to give you the privilege of being able to know the promise of heaven. He left his own heaven to deal with all the pain and the suffering and all that happens here on earth, and then he ended up giving his life for us. I say it every Christmas, but thank God he didn't stay in the manger. Thank God that kid grew up. Because he ended up growing up in order to go to the cross for us. But why in the world did we do, would he do that? It's because he loves you. More than you could ever begin to think, ever begin to imagine, more than you could ever begin to fathom. In fact, you may say, well, how much does he love me? Well, it's right here, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. God showed how much he loves us. How, how is it? By sending his own son into the world, that's Jesus at Christmas, so that we might have eternal life through him. Now, I love these next four words. This is what? Real love. Yeah. That God sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now, you've probably seen these bumper stickers uh, around Christmas time or ads, you know, it says Jesus is the reason for the season. You've probably seen that, right? Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, you know, that's an absolute truth. I mean, we wouldn't even have Christmas if it weren't for Jesus. But let me give you an even deeper thing about that. I want to I go deeper than that. Here it is. This is going to blow your mind, folks. Here it is. You are the reason for the season. You are the reason for the season. And you think, what do you mean? We're here to, you know, about Christmas. This is, uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, let, let me say this. You are the reason for the season because if it weren't for you, he wouldn't need to come. If it weren't for you, he wouldn't have showed up. If it weren't for you, he wouldn't have expended the effort. If it weren't for you, he would never have gone to the cross. It's easy. You are the reason for the season. And to reject that kind of love, it just seems to me, would be crazy. A God that loves you so much. And then to walk out on that love and say, oh, that's not for me. So what? That would just be ludicrous. You see, because I think that God has you here for a reason. I know that some of you were dragged here tonight because of your, you know, your wife or your kids or, you know, uh, whatever, your parents. But I believe that God has you here for a reason. He wants you to know about this Christmas gift that he's got for you. That you may have never yet opened, accepted. And this is the gift that we celebrate tonight, the birth of that baby. You may know about God, but it's possible you just really don't know him. Maybe you've been close to God in the past, but you've kind of drifted away. I get that. I did that too. But now, you're here. And all you have to do is open your heart to God to receive this gift. 
And I want to clarify this before we go. Again, I'm not talking about a religion. It's not about being religious. You see, this Christmas gift is all about a relationship. A relationship about an up-close and personal God who loves you more than you could ever dream. You could be Catholic or Protestant or Jewish or Buddhist or Baptist. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you unwrap the gift of God's love in Jesus for you. So we're going to pray right now. I'm going to ask that you join me in prayer. And if it expresses the desire of your heart, then you can make it your own prayer. Here we go. Dear God, I don't want to let another Christmas pass without accepting your gift for me. So thank you for coming in person so that I could know what you're like. I'm amazed that you would want a relationship with me. I don't quite understand it, God. But I want to know you. And I want to learn to trust you. I know that I've done a lot of things wrong. And so I'm especially grateful for your forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. From this day forward, I want to be under new management. I want you to be my Savior. And I pray all of this on Christmas Eve 2021. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're about to come around the table of the Lord and have communion together. This is a meal that Jesus gave his church, the disciples and Christians that have followed for the last 2,000 years to remember his amazing love. You should have received, if you're here in Fairfax Station, you should have received a uh, communion cup that has a piece of bread under the first lap and juice under the second. Don't open it yet. If you just pull it out and hold on to it for a moment, we'll do that together. For those of you who are at home all around the world tonight, you might want to get your bread or your cracker and some wine or some juice. And together we, from all over the world, are going to share this meal and celebrate God's love together. So family, we as many as we are, and we are many, are one body in Christ. That means that we are one. But when we break the bread, we are reminded 
of exactly what it cost to be loved beyond measure, what it cost to be forgiven. And the price of eternal life that is heaven. And when we give thanks over the cup, we're sharing in the blood of Christ and the promise that he has forgiven you. Everything that you've ever done wrong has been made possible because of this sacrifice. The kid in the manger grew up and ended up on the cross. And when you see this picture of the bread and the cup together, this is the picture of just how much you are loved. Nobody loves you like this. Let's pray. Lord, over the gifts of this bread and this cup, May they be for us the body and blood of your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may be the body of Christ who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. At Christ Church, everybody is welcome to take communion. We're doing it in this manner because for right now, this is, this is the COVID safe way to take communion. It's not the way I want to do it. It's not the way I like to do it, but it's the best way to do it tonight. And I want you to know that in many churches that you will go to or attend, not everybody is welcome at their table that if you don't happen to belong to that particular church or believe exactly the way they believe, they will tell you that you are not welcome to take communion. That's not the way it is here. And it's not the way it is here because we believe in John 3.16 that says, for God so loved who? The, the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We also know that when Jesus was with his disciples and they were around the table in the upper room and they were having what turned out to be their very first communion, do you know who was around the table? Judas the betrayer was around the table. And so I don't think that the Lord is going to start by turning you away when Judas was around the table that night. So I want you to take the first flap, and it's a very, very thin flap. You'll have to work it a little bit. It's very thin, not the thicker one but you'll pull it back very easily and then pull out the bread and just hold it in your hand. Hold it up like this. 
for this, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters, is the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The child in the manger grew up and he gave his life for you. Let's eat together. flap and very carefully open that flap and expose the juice in the bottom of the cup. Those of you who are at home, take your cup and hold it up as we hold up ours. And we look at it very carefully and we give God thanks and praise that he was willing to spend his own lifeblood so that you and I may have life. I often like to say it this way. Jesus came to pay a debt that he did not owe because you and I owed a debt that we could not pay. This is our freedom. Let's drink it together.
As we prepare for our offering tonight, I want you to know that uh, we're not going to pass any offering plates. We're not doing that. But I want you to know a couple of things before, uh, before you have the opportunity to give. And, and that is this. This church is radically different than many of the churches or most churches that you will go to. And one of the reasons it's radically different is because on our biggest evening of the year, we, whatever is given in our Christmas offering, we give 100% of it away. Every single solitary penny. In fact, since the pandemic began on practically two years ago, 
the people of Christ Church have given away more than 35 tons of food for people here in Northern Virginia. 35 tons of food for people who have lost their jobs, people who are struggling to put food on the table and feed their children. That's what this church has done. You tell me any church anywhere around of this size or even larger that have done 35 tons of food for people who are hurting. I told you our, uh, one of our pastors mentioned that, that, uh, that our church is sponsoring a family from Afghanistan, some, some refugees. I don't know that they told you or you heard, but this is a family of 10 people, eight children and mom and dad. When they escaped, they got out two hours prior to the Taliban raiding their home. Just two hours separated them between life and death. They were only able to take a few suitcases. That's all they had to take, or all they could take. And wouldn't you know that when they arrived in the United States, this family of 10, that all of their luggage was lost. This means that they had nothing but whatever it is that they were wearing. They didn't even have a toothbrush. And that's what this church does. As we step into that, into that need, and help those who are unable to help themselves. A family looking to start a brand new life here in the United States. We have a house for them over in West Springfield that costs $2,500 a month. And Christ Church will be stepping into that. You know, that's the kind of church that you're a part of tonight. It's a church that reaches out in love and concern. Now, I told you the kinds of things that we do, but I didn't tell you how to give. Now, this is very simple. As I told you, we're not passing an offering plate. Nobody's gonna pressure you to do anything. But you can give if you have a smartphone and you have the Venmo app on your smartphone, you can Venmo an offering to Christ Church immediately, right now if you want to. All you have to do is look up Christ Church Virginia, that is VA, Christ Church VA, and then type in Christmas offering and that'll tell us what it's for. So easy. Unless you have the Christ Church app or you'd like to do it from home on your computer through our website, you can do that. And if you happen to be here in the room and you want to do cash or a check or something like that, you can do it by putting your offering in the bins as you leave. Right between the doors, it says offering. You can't miss it. If you'd like to do it, it's up to you. Our last opportunity for you to give is this. Many of you know that we have a school in Kenya 
8,000 miles away, Kenya, in East Africa, on the equator in East Africa. We bought the land, we built the building, and now we have 450 students from first grade through eighth grade attending our school. It's pretty awesome. For the first time, these people and the folks in this village, in this little village called Sakwa, there's not a paved road within, I don't know, 15 miles. There's not a paved road to that school. In fact, it was the people of Christ Church just last year who brought electricity to the village. That little village today has power cables and telephone poles and electric an opportunity to hook up to electricity because the people of Christ Church. This year, we're putting in fresh water. How are we doing all of that? Well, we're doing it through our uh, beautiful Hope Fund. Right outside in the gathering hall, you'll see a Christmas tree. And then there's some ornaments. Out of the 450 students, we have 15 children left to be sponsored. That's it. The people of Christ Church have already done all of them except for 15. And so I'm going to offer you the opportunity to change a child's life as well. You can do that for $120. Can you imagine attending private school for $120 a year? Not a month, a year. Oh, by the way, and that includes lunch. We feed them lunch. If you would like to be a part of that and take a, a, an ornament with a child's picture home and hang it on your Christmas tree tonight, you have an opportunity to do it again. No pressure. It's there if you'd like it. You can give how you wish. I just want you to know that everything you give is given away. It's the kind of church we are. All right. So it's Christmas Eve 2021. We're going to go to be God's people in God's world. But first we're going to stand up and we're going to sing Go Tell It on the Mountain. Here we go. Let's do it.
Christmas. All right. Now, on Sunday, which is the 26th, stay, in, stay home and in your jammies. Don't come here. We're not going to be here. In fact, I'm inviting all of you people right here and uh, your pat pastors to my house, and we're going to have worship at my house and broadcast it to yours. Now, don't come to my house either, okay? What's for breakfast? Not here. Yeah, you're what's, not. What's for breakfast? Eat before you show up. So <laughs> there we go. But that's what we're going to do, 930 and 11. Now, let me say this before we also go, and that's, you know, I am retiring from the ministry in June. And for the last 29 years, I have spent and have had the privilege of spending Christmas Eve with you. And I simply want to say how grateful I am for the privilege of having been leading Christmas Eve worship with you for the last 29 years. And God is good, and the best is still yet to be. God bless you, everybody. Merry Christmas. I love you very much. As the shepherds were watching their flocks one night, an angel came down and he shook and fried. He said, do not fear for good news. I bring up a great joy for all of a newborn king. He said, unto you is born this day in the city. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from the Taguni family. We're John and Rosemary Spate and my mom, Doc Collier. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Christ Church. This is Becky Cardenas from Mexico City. 
Jumbo Christchurch family, this is David. And this is Marilyn. From Nairobi, Kenya, wishing you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Kweni na Christmas in Jema. Na mpya. Bye. Merry Christmas from the Spade Adderholt family. Merry Christmas from the Hayes family. And Dylan. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas from, from the Kaberski family. Hey everyone, this is Pastor HK. Just want to wish you guys all Merry Christmas. Hi, we're the James family. Merry Christmas from Knoxville, Tennessee. Merry Christmas from the Comprecos family. We hope you have a happy and healthy 2022. We wish you a Merry Christmas from Mexico to Virginia. Merry Christmas from the Schlechty family. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know it's real.